scary. Ah! Ah! It just hit. Okay, that was a delayed reaction, but uh, on the Wage of Cinema today, our big topic are monsters and the movies that have them. Big uh, monsters. Now, you wanted to do this, you probably wanted to do this for a long time, I bet, but obviously... Uh, with the release of Ten Cloverfield Lane, bringing up memories of Cloverfield, that probably spurred on wanting to talk about monsters. Oh, absolutely. I, and I may be alone in this. There are relatively few people who just, who love Cloverfield as much as I do. Well, we, we bring it up frequently on this show, but I, well, I think it's not to double. I think the guys from Double Toasted they actually gave the movie better than Sex. Oh, nice. Yeah. I don't listen to other podcasts. I only listen to myself. You're you you're a great egomaniac. Thank you. You're you're a lovable one. But the point I'm is I'm the greatest egomaniac in the history of the universe, yeah. Jack. But the point is your love of Cloverfield has connection to your love of monster movies. Am I I have a I have had an abiding love of giant monster movies for uh for for years, ever since I was in elementary school. Now, one thing I wanted to get out of the way before we get into this topic though, I think it's it might be important to set up the sort of I don't know if you'd say parameters, but when you say giant monsters, though, what how, how what can we put into that into this discussion? Because the thing I wanted to bring up for as a question was, would you consider, for example, Jaws or Jurassic Park as monster movies? No, I we're talking giant monster movies. I would think Jurassic Park can count. No. That's about giant dinosaurs that basically act like monsters. No. And they're not accurate to how dinosaurs actually looked like. So in essence, they it is a giant monster movie. I would say no. I, Jaws and, and Jurassic Park do not count. Why not? Because... Because they're what? not Japanese? Because I think... <laughs> now, maybe Jaws does meet this sort of criteria, but I think giant monsters have to have some sort of character. You don't think the the T Rex and the Raptors have character in Jurassic Park? They have presence, uh, Dr- but the Velociraptor kind of has a character to it. But that's not a giant monster, is it? Oh, it's a friend. Uh, well, the T Rex is. T Rex uh, is huge. I'm gonna call right now. Jurassic Park and Jaws are off limits. That's interesting. You say that because there are other movies that I'm sure we could bring up that have dinosaurs. In fact, I would say that maybe... Could we say that the first real monster movie was The Lost World? We're talking giant monsters, Jack. The Lost World had pretty big monsters. Yes. All right, but you're But I haven't more seen in... The Lost World. All right, well, I have, and it's a really good movie. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's kind <laughs> of where this all begins, because I think I, Wilson O'Brien, who worked on King Kong, actually worked on that movie. Hmm. Uh, and, you know, the, the stop-motion at that time was pretty revolutionary and even though it's a little creaky, the movie actually holds up better than you might expect. Like it's a really fun movie that I'm sure you, you can find it online, but, but let's get back though to when did, do you remember if there was a particular monster movie that starred your love for it? Was well, it just seeing here's, the marathon of Godzilla movies that were on TV. It was the Godzilla marathon, like channel 11. You remember channel 11 yep. back when it was, it was different. Yeah. They had PIX. yeah they had uh they had a Godzilla marathon and it was spurred by the 1998 Godzilla it's, film. It's 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 kind of ironic in a way. It's kind of like how um I haven't seen the movie, but right now uh there's a new Sasha Baron Cohen movie out called uh, The Brothers Grimsby. Right, and it's been getting terrible reviews, and it might it's probably not good. But because of that movie coming out, I heard. Probably the greatest interview that I'll ever hear with Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh. So it's nice when good things come out of bad things. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, I watched that same marathon as you. That's actually how I got into yeah. Godzilla. And I saw the first God. That was the first time I ever saw Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Yes. And I didn't get to see all of it because I had to go play in a Little League game. Oh, but man. I was like thinking like... Man, what was the what was the thing with the fish tank or or like Godzilla? Like he's huge. So you didn't watch all of his destruction of Tokyo? No. Ah. I think the last thing I saw is like when that first when that big when that middle that big attack happens when he's coming into Tokyo at night. When did he? When did you get around to watching the rest of it? I don't know. I know eventually I did see it. They might have rebroadcast that same movie as part of the marathon, yeah. and I did catch the tail end of it. I watched. Yeah, I watched that one, which is the. American version with Raymond Burr, yeah, where he plays Steve Martin, yeah, um, not the other Steve. Can't Martin. tell the future. 
yeah. Um, but then years later, uh, they put out a special edition of Gojira, the original uh, Ishiro Honda, I think was the director. Um, I hope I got that name right. But he directed a lot of Godzilla movies, and he made the original Gojira, which is actually a really good movie. It is. It's almost, I would almost put it on par, not quite there, but almost with King Kong. Mm. It probably has, is is about something a more real world. Because, of course, you know, Gojira the monster is a metaphor for nuclear annihilation. He's one of those monsters. Remember I talked about the five different types of monsters? From that Idea Channel episode? A little, yeah, a little, it was a while ago. Yeah, he's what's, Godzilla is, I in the in the universe of Godzilla, Godzilla is a, uh, he's, he's like a dinosaur, he's an animal that's been mutated by, en, by nuclear energy from atomic weapons, mm-hmm. usually. Yeah. Uh, there are lots of variations, but we won't get into that. <laughs> that is the essence of who he is. But on a metaphorical level, Godzilla is the stand-in for the horrors of nuclear war, which is very mm-hmm. significant for Japanese culture. But he's also uh, this type of monster called a magnification monster. Okay. Now, other giant monsters fit into this. One of them we just mentioned, like the 50-foot woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's where something which is so negative, which which you're able usually to ignore, gets so magnified and becomes such a presence that you can't ignore it. It magnifies the manifestation of fear in a way. Yeah, like Godzilla, it's... It's a harbinger. When you're talking about uh, the 1950s, nuclear war was an ever-present threat. But it was one that you could put in the back of your mind. Like, man, what was there, What if there was a nuclear war with Russia? And you'd be like, well, yeah, but that probably won't happen. There's nothing I can do. Godzilla, in his film, makes that threat more real. Yeah. You are confronted with the direct results of nuclear war, and you can't ignore it. Well, yeah. I, but it's also because the film itself, too, I mean, aside from the uh, metaphorical, symbolic nature of the of what the character represents, it's also presented in a really solid way. Like very the somber. Film. Very somber. God, Godzilla's not portrayed in... A lot of, in a lot of Godzilla movies, uh, even in bits and pieces that I've watched, you see him in his full you know, silly rubber suited glory in this. He's kept a lot in shadow. You see a lot of smoke. There's real atmosphere to him. And even though you recognize that it's a guy in a suit, if you buy into it just a little bit, it's, it's, it's it's creepy. It's a little bit closer to a style, not quite, but more in line with like a universal horror movie from the thirties where it's more about building up the atmosphere around this monster and that's it's not like that does all the work for it, but it helps create the right mood. Right. Um, and when Godzilla destroys a city, it's a very they take it very seriously. You see yeah. the dead people, you see the collapsed buildings. The and music is there, very sad. There are co- consequences. You see, to Taka- that. you see Takashi Shimura looking on like he's about to cry. The saddest man in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> the, the from the guy that brought, who played uh, uh, the lead character in Akiru comes another guy who looks on and is just I don't know what our he's like the Japanese equivalent of that Indian with that single tear. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's like look Japan, you keep on messing up like this, and you're going to get a Takashi Shimura with like one tear drawing down his cheek. <laughs> that is great. You can't help but feel for the guy. Yeah. Um, but of course, so that is kind of like the granddaddy of this kind of monster movie. He, However, he, well, he spawns an entire yes. genre, the, the sort of kaiju films. Well, let's go back, though, from because Japan. tonight, before we recorded, um, I hope it's alright if I say this, but you watched King Kong for the first time in your life. 1933's King Kong, yes. Yeah, I mean, you said I you would see I the saw the 1976 one, Which I have never seen. I was seen. much younger. I saw a scene... I saw, I think, the part of the ending of that King Kong, and it just looked kind of bad. But I mean in a way where it's like... I think they were trying to make it appropriate for the time. And I just remember a lot of close-ups of, like, King Kong, and there was, like, a lot of blood... And Jeff Bridges looking on all sad and stuff. And yeah. That's my memory of him. But I have not seen it for a long time. And I 
I enjoyed it when I was a kid. But but this, but of course, we're talking about the original Marion C. Cooper, Ernest Shudsack, uh King Kong. Yeah, King and, Kong, King Kong. Yeah, the King Kong, which, you know, I saw this when I was a kid. I saw it maybe one or two times. One or other. The great thing about this movie, and we talked about this when we were watching it, is that you've kind of seen King Kong even before you've seen King Kong. Yeah. Like, you know, so many iconic moments from this movie, which, you know, I mean, I don't know if necessarily there are iconic moments in the original Gojira, but, you know, again, it's... Even aside from the obvious ending with the Empire State Building, you've got him fighting the dinosaur, or mm-hmm. uh, him actually just first coming up to Fay Ray. Yeah, and uh, and I think in, it's also nice to men see... shooting at dinosaurs. Yes, King Kong strapped uh, to those restraints on stage, and yes, the and walking in world. through a through a window to try to find. Uh, uh, to try to find the, uh, the woman. Yes, yeah, the way that his face looks when he looks in. I remember that when I was a kid, that that kind of creeped me out a little bit. Because yeah. he's kind of looking in and smiling like, Hey, what you doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Um, but you loved it, I hope, right? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I it, mean, it's... And it almost got to me at the end. Well, it's like, because he... <laughs> I think the real star of this movie, in a way, is Willis O'Brien, the animator. In a way, he's like, you know, he's like his pupil Ray Harryhausen. You know, Harryhausen eventually got top billing in in a lot of the films he worked on. And, you know, without Willis O'Brien's work, I mean, King Kong uh, would be nothing. No, uh, and absolutely. And I, you know, the the way that they combine, uh, you know, the stop motion animation with a real King Kong face... And also the force perspective, the fact that they have the characters in the foreground, but then they have the animation in the background. But the way it's blended, it's like you see the sort of beginning of what we just see today is green screen. Yeah. And even if, you know, you could try to say, well, today it looks more realistic than back then. Special effects. Yeah, but there's a certain magic to seeing how they did it then. Like when that Stegosaurus is trying to come towards that the, 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 the team. Yeah, and it I, gets shot down. You can look for the seams. Yeah, and you and you there. can find them. You can see the little thumbprints on the the, the figures. If but I mean, like. that's only if you're looking. Yeah. I what if you start watching this film, you'll you'll get swept up in the story. Yeah. No, it's more about you know the story itself. I mean, I, I as I told you before too, I can criticize kind of some of the acting, which isn't that strong, and some of the characterization is pretty basic. Yeah. Uh, the fact you know Faye Ray. Uh, you know she she doesn't really have much except to scream around <laughs> King Kong. She is the ultimate damsel in distress. You like her though? No, I mean you do. But I mean, she is. She's not annoying. She's not obnoxious. No, which is the mistake that a lot of modern films make. Oh, absolutely. You're supposed to care about this woman because she she's vocal and because she sure. and because she she voices her opinion. Yeah, I think that the um, it reminded me of something that. I do think that the one thing that Peter Jackson, whatever you say about his remake, which I know you haven't seen yet, but he really did do a much better job of making a real relationship between Kong and uh, and uh, Fay Ray's, uh, not Fay Ray, but Naomi Watts in the remake. Right. Um, in this movie, again, it's very bare bones. It's very much let's get to the action. In King Kong, that's kind of like let's take King Kong, but double it in length and add in a lot of stuff, which may or may not be necessary, but it makes for a much huger, much huger, a a more substantial experience. And it's funny because what I realize now is they're not take, they're not skipping over things that are action or special effects. They're emphasizing the action in special effects. What they're doing is taking out, you know, some more character development and a little more story and they're cutting directly to the scenes that were the most complex and expensive to shoot. In King Kong. In King Kong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't, there's so much stop motion work in this. Yeah, once you get past like the first maybe 25, 30 minutes, which is the build-up, it's just like, well, you know, you get to see this place Skull Island or Skull Mountain or whatever it's called as a full place. It's like it's. It would be one thing if they just had King Kong, 
which you know he would look cool but you get the sense that okay this is a world that's lived in this is a place where king kong does this every day that's yeah. what you said actually yeah when king kong's kong's fighting that t-rex is like this is a part of his life yeah he, 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 he has is... to fight all these monsters yeah well i wonder though is i guess they don't really explain i wonder if there must be a backstory to how king kong was born if he has like King Kong parents, who cares? <laughs> well, in Mighty Joe Young, or no, Son of Kong, he has a son. Ah, yeah, I have not seen Son of Kong. I've seen Mighty Joe Young. That's a pretty fun movie. Huh. I it's been a little while since I've seen it, but uh, also from uh, Ernest Shudsack, so you have that quality there. Um, so let's talk about some other monster stuff, though. Well, let's go with the the big intersection then: King Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> uh, boy. Where King Kong gets struck by lightning and gains powers. Here's the funny thing. I, I, I I've seen that movie. It's been so long since I'd seen it that when I rewatched clips of it earlier tonight, I was like, "Wow, this movie looks so cheesy." Yeah, but the thing is, when I first found out this film existed, they happened to have a VHS copy in my library. Mm. When I first found out this existed, my head exploded. <laughs> <laughs> For like, for a, for a, eleven year old, yeah, who's like, oh, I like Godzilla. Let's see what else is King Kong versus Godzilla. You know, it's I sure. must have watched that film ten times. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's like you know. Imagine that maybe there will be a kid seventy years from now who knows who Batman is and knows who Superman is, and then discovers one day in the video store, oh my, wait, Batman and versus Superman. Wow, this exists. I'm gonna watch it forever. <laughs> I'm I'm just trying to picture that future, and I'm not sure I can see it. Yeah. I mean, uh, but hey, King Kong versus Godzilla is no hidden gem. And... It is pretty. It King Kong does not even look like King Kong. He's a guy in a gorilla suit. He's a giant ape. Yeah. I had a question for you. Okay. Speaking of this, so because you've seen a good number of Godzilla movies, you have a good knowledge of it. Was there ever a Godzilla movie where they tried to do it in stop-motion animation? No. Okay. In King Kong vs. Godzilla, there is a brief moment of stop-motion animation. Is it where they look like hand puppets? No, not the one where they look like hand puppets. That's the one where they used hand puppets. Okay. <laughs> but there's this That's one... That's like they have a Punch and Judy scene with yeah. King Kong and Godzilla. Although I never noticed because... A, I was a kid, and B, it doesn't really make a difference. They're so far yeah. away, and you're not but even focusing that's on a, That's a, that's the movie that still needs to be made. Somebody, I know it probably won't ever happen, because now you have computers, and you can do everything in that now, but imagine a Godzilla movie done by, like, Henry Selleck or something like that. <laughs> I'm serious. That would be something different. Mm. Like, after so many years of movies with... Godzilla in suits and Godzilla like this or that. You have a real, like, movie where you can see the texture of Godzilla moving around. Yeah. Um, well, maybe animation... It Maybe Godzilla is a little more suited to animation. I think there was a Godzilla animated series there based were two. on the... Am wasn't there a Godzilla animated series based on the Emmerich uh, movie? Yeah, but there I was one in the 1970s best. that was Godzilla. Oh, really? Yeah. I have not seen that. Neither have I. I don't think it's... Um, there's also... Um, else i want to say uh i mean now we could now in terms of talking about monster movies i feel like you know the thing about godzilla is that there's kind of a formula to a lot of these movies like earlier i was watching a movie which um technically i think is a sequel which yeah I mean, granted it's a series but terror of mecha godzilla yeah which apparently is a sequel to godzilla versus mecha godzilla who would have thought who would have thought that you could make a... That scientists would decide, okay, we're going to make our own Godzilla. Or actually, no, it's not scientists. It's aliens. Yeah, it's aliens who, <laughs> for some reason... I'm actually... If if I was to choose my favorite monster from the Godzilla universe, it would be Mecha Godzilla. Really? Yeah. I really like doubles. <laughs> but, yeah. And... And there's something really appealing about having a robot double, especially of a of an iconic monster like yeah. Godzilla. Well, when I was watching this movie in particular, it kind of reminded me how, like, after, aside from after Gojira, again, I'm not an expert. I should mention that up front. I might sound ignorant saying this. A lot of the plots in the Godzilla movies are interchangeable. A lot yeah. of it has to do with scientists or 
politicians or maybe normal people explaining lots of things. There are like, Terror Mechagodzilla had a lot of exposition. There are a few that stand out. Uh, the one ones I can uh, one I can think of that does stand out is Godzilla versus Mothra. Okay. That that was a little different. It had a somewhat more coherent plot. Was with, that the one with the three ladies? Am I confusing that? The, you know, the two the, little the two little ladies. Yeah, uh, the the fairies that were yeah. for Mothra. Yeah, that, those stuck out. I think I probably did see that movie. Although it, in a way. Didn't... You could say that Godzilla is an early example of a cinematic universe. Because think about it, Godzilla Godzilla was, you know, Gojira that came out in the 50s. But then there were other movies. Mothra started as as her own as her own movie. Yeah. And so did Rodan. Uh-huh. And lots of other monsters that eventually joined it w- eventually yeah. were crossed over with well, each other. Well, eventually it, you had wasn't there a movie that was kind of like the civil war of it like called Destroy All Monsters? Destroy All Monsters. Yeah. Right. That where all the monsters got it was like the Godzilla Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> it's in that movie is Godzilla the hero or the villain? Well, in that film, technically he's the hero. Okay. Like, eventually, Godzilla does go through this era where he's less of a destroyer and more of a savior of humanity. Right. Where where he's more friendly and ki- and kid friendly. I mean, he starts yeah. as this as this harbinger of nuclear war, and then he becomes this sort of uh, icon for children. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I that's why, like, I went through maybe honestly maybe like a week or so where I did watch Godzilla movies after the Roland Emmerich movie came out. Yeah. And the one that stuck out to me it was probably the cheesiest one, Son of Godzilla. I don't even know if it, I think it was either that or Godzilla's Revenge. It's the one that is actually a lot of series of like. Either dream scenes or flashbacks from a little oh, kid. That one. He goes to an island with like this little Godzilla who talks. Yeah. And he watches Godzilla fight these other monsters, and it looks. It's not even fights where you see. Because sometimes you see a fight where Godzilla is just slapping a guy or using his tail. <laughs> this is one where Godzilla does like backflips, and it looks more like a re- wrestling match. And the little Godzilla kid, I'll always remember this. Like the kid turns to him, is like, "Why don't you go fight?" And the little Godzilla kid's like. And I'm I'm serious. This is how his voice sounded. Well, don't look at me. I'm chicken. <laughs> oh, I will never say that the that Godzilla films are pure gold. Oh, <laughs> I think God. though, I have to say though, for me, I think Godzilla films are pretty much critic proof. Well, well, except except the first one. Well, Gojira that, is released by the Criterion Collection. Yeah, that's like well, a that, real yeah. Movie. Well, that, well, Gojira is a is, is a great film. Yeah, Gojira is where you you know can you know again you could show that in a film class and you know not look too much with egg on your face. Um, I wanted to mention really fast. Uh, you know, I put out the fact that we were doing this monster episode, and I asked if anybody had any suggestions. Um, a listener of the show, uh, Alex Valderana posted about uh about this topic he's a big fan of uh kaiju films oh, so right. to speak and he said that there's a a trilogy called the gamera millennium trilogy and he said that's the finest kaiju series he's seen those are the more recent gamera films i believe yeah he was bringing up some movies that apparently from this group called heisei series in the heisei. 90s yeah yeah um you know, and he he said that they were brilliantly written. Production values are really nice. The script isn't ridiculous because he said usually Gamera movies had and scripts were usually pretty bad. I I've seen some pretty silly Gamera. Isn't stuff. Gamera the one? Is like he's the turtle. Yeah. Haven't they done Mystery Science Theater episodes? Oh yeah, they've done quite a few Mystery Science I need Theater to Gamera. See more of those. Now, to be fair, there has been one Mystery Science. Well, there's. Did they do there a Godzilla? Are, film? There have been two Godzilla films uh, I know of that have been mystery science. Interesting. Theatered. Which ones? Uh, Godzilla versus Megalon, which I actually I think is the one mystery science theater film I saw before I saw the mystery science theater version. Right. And it's ridiculous. Uh, and then there's Godzilla versus the Sea Monster. I, well, that sounds pretty generic. It seems pretty generic. Uh, he also said yeah. that um, Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. Yeah. Which. Isn't that already Mecha Godzilla? No, well, technically uh, yes, but but it's slightly different. Mecha Godzilla is a big machine version of Godzilla. Space Godzilla is like mutated Godzilla from space who comes back to Earth to fight 
regular Godzilla. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also, I mean, he mentioned the good ones. He said the best ones in the era of uh, uh, of what he called the Showa era. Right. Um, he mentioned uh, Ghidorah, versus, uh, Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster. Right, I've seen that one. Godzilla versus Mothra. Yeah. Godzilla versus Hedera. Yeah. Yeah, so those are Godzilla good versus Hedera, I think, is... Is Godzilla versus the Smog Monster? I I guess so. Lots of Godzilla films got re-released in the U.S. Under, under different titles. Under different titles. Well, we even like, talked about it, how the, the, the second Godzilla movie wasn't even called Godzilla in the U.S. No, it was called Gigantus the Fire Monster. Hmm. <laughs> it's really... And here's the weirdest one. I James Rolfe pointed this out on his Godzilla-thon. Godzilla vs. Mothra was retitled Godzilla vs. The Thing. Well, again, at that time, America didn't really know what they had, I guess, so they just, I guess, mentioned however they did it. Um, I saw, I remember watching one that I actually enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, not quite a bit. I enjoyed it up to a point called Godzilla versus Monster Zero. Oh yeah, that, I, one that was kind of that was one I saw on the on the on the the marathon, and I had taped it, and I watched it over and over again. Hmm. But yeah, that's Godzilla and Rodan versus Ghidra. I think it's also called Invasion of Astro Monster. I think that was the name when it was first released. Which one is Hedera? Oh God! Well, let me look this up for a minute. I mean, Godzilla versus Monster Zero is the one where aliens from Planet X. Request the use of Godzilla and Rodan yeah. to fight uh, King Ghidorah. Yeah. And then they have a use for better use for all three of the monsters. Um, I Wait, so what was the title you were just asking about, though? Godzilla versus Hedorah. Godzilla versus Hedorah. Oh, I put that right. I'm just thinking of... Oh, I see it right here. I almost, almost, I'm just almost thinking What of, other titles does it have? Does it have Godzilla versus the Smog Monster? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. That actually, I think... All right, I haven't Earth, seen this. From Earth's, popula- from Earth's pollution, a new monster is spawned. Hedera, the smog monster, destroys Japan and fights Godzilla while spewing his poisonous gas to further the damage. Gross. Anyway. <laughs> but that actually has one of the silliest moments in the, God- in the Godzilla series. Right. Where Godzilla flies. Are you sure that's any less, uh, is that any sillier it looks, than when... It looks pretty silly. Apparently, though, um, our friend Matt Rosen t- told me about how Godzilla vs. in Godzilla vs. Gigan, or Gigan? Gigan. He talks? Yes. <laughs> and I watched a clip of it, and it was... I wasn't sure what I was watching. I was like, what have they done? Yeah. What have they done to you, poor sir? <laughs> Let's give you a blanket. You know, now that I'm thinking about this, I should go back and see all the Godzilla films. Well, that could be a project. I, I haven't seen Godzilla, the first Godzilla, in a really long time. Mm. This can be my uh, this is, can be like my Zatoichi challenge. <laughs> yeah, I guess it could be. I mean, I so there were what 28 or 29 Godzilla movies. I've I've probably seen about half of them. Wow, that's pretty good. Again, I. I'm one of those guys who, again, it's not like maybe I, less than half. But I, yeah. the, the thing for me is that I, I've never gone out of my way to watch a Godzilla movie, a- aside from, like, you know, again when it was on, had the marathon, I taped it and I watched a number of the movies, but I didn't really go back to them. I think mm. that for me, even though our, we're not that far mm. apart in age, I think of that I was a little bit younger and I'd been exposed to Godzilla movies more maybe i would have had more of attachment to them maybe but i saw them when i was like 14 and by that yeah. point i was kind of like eh, i think by the time this. you're 14 you you've lost the godzilla i window. think for i think for me <laughs> the problem was too not unlike when i saw Spaceballs before i saw star wars as a kid mm-hmm. like i saw my experience with a godzilla movie wasn't even in godzilla it was in peewee's big adventure yeah peewee steals his bike and is trying to leave the studio and he runs he through a Godzilla through set. A Godzilla set yeah. <laughs> and I remember seeing that as a kid. And I'm like, oh, this looks so cheesy. I, but it, it was the same thing with me. Like, remember when I was talking about Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? If I had seen this when I was like 12 or thir- when I was, no, not even when I was 12. Like, if I had seen this when I was nine, yeah. I would have been all about that film. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but I, I had Godzilla instead. Yeah. And that was pretty cool. Uh-huh. I also remember actually seeing in the theater they did a, like a Godzilla 2000 
Yes. And I saw that, and I I thought that was okay. I thought it was. I didn't know that they kept making Godzilla films like in yeah. my lifetime because all the Godzilla films I had seen came from the '60s and the '70s. Well, I think the thing about that was, you know, again, this was a time when. Uh, you know, B movie theaters, they needed to fill up programs for Saturday matinees for kids to go see. Right. And, uh, and so they would program a lot of these Godzilla movies, but by a certain point, you know, the United States, they, they kind of upped their game a little bit. And I guess they made, well, I guess you could call their own versions of Godzilla movies, even though they weren't called that. Well, I, I, I think blockbusters came, came in well, yeah. and I mean, took up you, a lot of that slack. Yeah. I mean, that's. But that's the thing that um, I'm not sure if we have we ever talked about the 2014 uh, 2014 Godzilla. I don't think we've talked about it a lot. Yeah, but because, I want to talk about it because with that movie, I I mean I applaud its ambition. I mean Gareth Edwards who directed it, he also made uh, this movie called Monsters, which he is a low budget movie. You should check it out. It's it was made for like 15 grand literally, huh. and it's pretty. It's really compelling because it's just following these two people who are kind of wandering around the city and these towns, as there are all these monsters, like giant monsters. But they're, you know, that they're placed in such a way where it's just really uniquely done. It's hard to explain it, but it feels like this, more like a documentary in a way than even like uh, than Cloverfield. <laughs> um, but he then was picked and did Godzilla, and. I think the problem I have with that movie is, in a way, you could say it might be somewhat similar to a tone of another Godzilla movie from its prime. But the problem is, though, it has these American actors who, with the exception of Brian Cranston, right. who is awesome, because he gets, I feel like he got the tone of this material. Everybody was just so dull and so deathly serious. But the problem is that with Godzilla movies, the context of when they were made and how they were set counts, and the fact that they were, they had a certain charm to yes. how they were made, a certain quality because they were produced with whatever budget Japan, whatever Toho gave them. Yeah, you know, you I, that's what I suits. was thinking. I saw two Godzilla films yesterday, and I was thinking, you know, this is no great film, but what it it it's more or less setting out what it's trying to it's accomplishing what it's setting out to do yes Whereas, and even though yeah. i can see a wire on mothra mm -hmm. i'm just willing to kind of laugh it off and just go back into that zone yeah of this is a flying giant flying moth basically yeah. whereas with this recent godzilla movie it was just so serious my yeah now that could have worked it could still work again. I'd be curious to see because, what they do with it next time. Because here's the thing. When we first heard about the, the 2014 Godzilla, they released a great teaser for that film mm -hmm. where you saw all that destruction and, you know, not just cities smashed and trains derailed and everything. You saw bodies on the ground, people picking their way through the wreckage, and you heard this serious... Uh, you heard this serious narration from j robert oppenheimer who you know, who talked talked about the yeah. first atomic bomb and it was such a perfect tone for what godzilla was in the 50s when he was first when he first came about and i thought oh this is a return to like gojira they're gonna make a serious film and then maybe it's because that doesn't hold as much cachet anymore we're not worried about nuclear war very much no it's not that kind like they're there are other horror movies that I think, you know, again, it's all about the time and context. Godzilla at that time, all about nuclear radiation. There have been other horror movies since that have tapped into other fears right. very well. Um, you know, I brought up a movie like It Follows, which tapped into, uh, like, uh, STDs and sex. Right. I brought up, uh, I, I don't know, like... Um, Maybe even Nightmare on Elm Street taps into like uh, child abuse or child killers. I don't know. Um, but the <laughs> point is, also the thing is, we you know you can have the best special effects in the world today, but if you don't, you know, you that doesn't that doesn't fly anymore. We've seen that. Right. You know, you need interesting characters. That's why even if you don't say it counts, for me, if I if I can count Jurassic Park as a monster movie, that has, or at least as a kind of movie in that. 
form, it has c- really good characters. It has characters that you like. Yeah. It has characters you can be invested in. The characters in the new Godzilla were kind of cardboard. No. And yeah. then here's another way that the film could have gone. It almost got this right, too. Like, you could go two ways with Godzilla. You can go the serious way of the original, Gojira. They decided not to do that. But they also could have gone another way, which they almost did. Mm-hmm. Which is that Godzilla has to be a character in his own film. Yeah. And he, that doesn't mean that he has to show up and do things. I mean, he has to do those. But that's you can't just do that. He needs to have personality. He has to have personality. And they almost do it. Because but, but, in but, but, Godzilla but it's, but it's in 2014, yeah. Yeah. Godzilla is, you know, they explain his origins, whatever. It's yeah. Godzilla. But he says, but they bring up this idea that Godzilla is hunting this other monster, the Muto. Weren't there like two monsters? There were eventually two. There were some kind of, from what I've heard, they are actually sort of characters in the Godzilla verse, but it's like they're kind of obscure. Who cares? They're yeah, there. it doesn't matter. I mean, they, they were kind of okay. But I like never. the way they look. I thought they were. Uh, I thought they were really interesting looking. But again, they didn't have personality no. like a lot of monsters do. I mean, Mecha Godzilla. Even if you <laughs> yeah. don't like the terror of Mecha Godzilla, Mecha Godzilla has a personality even, or, or yeah, and a presence. Even the Titanosaurus in that movie yeah. has personality. Yeah, and then they bring up this idea in 2014 Godzilla, basically. That Godzilla is hunting these other monsters for sport. Mm. He's not killing them because he wants to eat them or because they've invaded his territory. He's hunting them because he likes doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and you get a little glimpse of that. Like when Godzilla first enters and like in that airport scene and he does his gigantic roar and he kind of has this grin on his face. Yeah. And then they cut away in one of the stupidest cuts ever. But Yeah, god damn. But in that brief moment, they almost gave Godzilla the kind of personality he needed to make this film work. But then they just threw it away, went back to the dull characters you were talking about. And again, they killed off Brian Cranston uh, within the so first 45 minutes. Yeah, even yeah. less than that. And then, you know... You're leave, saddled with Aaron you leave, Taylor Johnson. And you leave poor Ken Watanabe there to, just to pick up the slack. Off. And all he does is... Let them fight. Yeah. Which I guess has become a meme since then, but who cares? But it's just... Of all things, you know, even though I can objectively say it's better made, and you're going to come up and punch me in a moment. Okay. I know where, you're, you know where I'm going with this. Yes. I might have been a little more entertained by the Roland Emmerich Godzilla. That's understandable. It, and again, it's a terrible movie. It is yeah. bad. Although it does it again, suffer from really some bad. of the same problems. Like, do you? But, ca- but it was you... enjoyably bad. It is stupid bad. Hmm. Whereas Godzilla, even though again it, it can get, it gets a little interest. It gets, a, I don't want to say interesting. It, it gets a little exciting in the last like 10, 15 minutes when it actually. Yeah, like has the parts action. where Godzilla is actually there. Yeah, those are entertaining. Whereas, but that's I, like fifteen minutes of the entire film. Whereas, it's kind of ironic that my first like major exposure to Godzilla was through the Royal Emmerich movie because. From what a lot of fans have told me, they got Godzilla so wrong. Yeah. And again, it suffers from some of the same... Like, the 2014 film would suffer from the same problems as the, 2000, as the 1998 film. They just treat Not enough Godzilla. And he has no personality. No character at all. Like, and there's a little... And in the older films, Godzilla had more character. Because, like, yeah. in the movie that came before Terror Mecha Godzilla, there was just Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. Yeah. And it's initially it starts off with Mecha Godzilla looks like Godzilla, yeah, and he's just tearing up Japan, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "Oh, Godzilla's attacking again," uh, and but then he's he's attacking a city, and then Godzilla shows up, and it's not like Godzilla hadn't been in the pre film previously. Yeah, he just shows up, and you get the feeling that Godzilla showed up. Simply because he heard someone was pretending to be him <laughs> and wanted to figure out who was who was doing well, all this stuff. Well, here's a question for you. And I guess uh, this is, I guess, about the movies you've seen in general. Do you like Godzilla more when he is a villain tearing stuff up or when he is a little bit more hero- heroic fighting other monsters? I like Godzilla when he's... Is there a difference? Well, like, really? I think Godzilla, I ultimately, as this sort of 
friendly monster. I don't think Godzilla works as well. <laughs> when he's dancing. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen Godzilla do his little skip to my loo. I mean, but I always think Godzilla only helped out things because it, people because it was convenient to him. Mm-hmm. Like, the way I view Godzilla, like, my interpretation of the character of Godzilla... Which is a sentence I never thought I'd utter. Hey, that's why we're on the wages of cinema. Yeah. We is say that, that Godzilla is just this giant, uh, irresponsible lizard god mm. that just goes wherever he wants. And most of the time he spends sleeping. Yeah. And then he just goes wherever he wants. And he just takes like the path of least resistance, which usually means stomping through a country. Yeah. And, like, in order to make him not go, you just have to make it too much trouble for him to just keep going the way he's going. Yeah. And that's just like, whatever, I'll go away. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, again, the idea, too, is that it's important for those movies to have fun with it. And that's why, like, I think that the 2014 movie doesn't work totally because it doesn't have any fun with it. It treats it as, no. like, this deathly serious death march towards this thing attacking and it's still just a gigantic it monster yeah and it couldn't it, it couldn't decide whether it wanted to have some fun or be serious and then yeah, it was it, in and then it, and then they around. made the whole choice moot by emphasizing the characters we've never cared about all right let's talk about though a movie that i know we both enjoy called the host actually i haven't seen the host pew 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 <laughs> Shame on you. All right. Well, we're even. I mean, you haven't you didn't see King Kong until tonight. Um, I've I, seen the beginning of the host. The host is fantastic. I will talk about the f- scene that I love, which is where after the first host attack, every, the family the fam- comes together crying, and it becomes the funniest scene of people <laughs> it's the crying funniest ever. Thing ever. Yeah. Where they're all like crying on top of each other, <laughs> and I think like the father kicks the daughter away, and she comes back. <laughs> Bong Joon-ho directed this movie. This was my first exposure to this filmmaker. And oddly enough, The Host is his weakest film, yet I still like it a lot. It's, yeah. I mean... The the whole thing is, you know... And this is the kind of thing that, when I talk about what Godzilla was lacking, this is a movie that addresses um, pollution. It's like this monster is created by South Korean waste. And I think that it's a very, very creative concept in a movie that is both very scary and both very funny, I remember a lot of scenes involving like this woman who's kind of trapped underground with this giant pollution monster that's been created. And yet there are also a lot of scenes with uh, the father of this family, I think. Again, it's been a long yeah. time since I've seen the movie. And there and there's but... the one and there's a woman who's like, who's a competitive archer. Which I remember the most. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, right. and she has like confidence problems, you know, something yeah. like that. But, um, but right. still, it had strong human characters. Yes, even from what I saw, I could <laughs> tell that. Yeah, well, that's that's Bong Joon Ho. <laughs> then that's it. always been Godzilla's weakness. Well, I was gonna say, like, if you asked me to point out like the best human character. Outside of Gojira, I, I couldn't tell you. The, like, is there are there any really memorable here? Like when I was watching Terror Mecha Godzilla, the thing that stood out to me most was how ridiculous the hair on certain people are. <laughs> the fact that on the site the scientist has a beard that is so pointy that Corey, what'd you say about the guy's beard? It looked like a hoof. Yeah, this guy had a beard that looked like a hoof. <laughs> and this guy and this one other scientist had like the sort of white mustache that looked like it was literally glued on and yeah. had to be reapplied every take. You know, they're basically place filters. They have a function in the plot. The go- the Godzilla film that gets that actually has some characters that you follow along with. I mean, outside of Gojira, I mean, I guess Gojira is eventually going to be the exception to the rule in a lot of cases. But like after Gojira, the only the only film that got close to memorable characters was Godzilla Final Wars, which was kind okay. of a remake of Destroy All Monsters, where they took every monster and jammed it in. It's actually a very entertaining film because it's pure action all the way through. Okay. Where even the humans are fighting each other right. and doing all these crazy things. I mean, the characters aren't very strong, but mm. you remember certain people. Yeah. Like, there's a, there's even, like, an American guy with a big mustache who looks like Sergeant Slaughter yeah. <laughs> from G.I. Joe. Yeah. And he, uh, and just because of the way he looks and how there's, like, a white guy who's yeah. in a Godzilla film who is a playing a main character. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. 
I feel like one of the things that uh, made Pacific Rim stand out mm. is that the human characters in that were more memorable than they were in past movies with kaiju. Sure. Again, they're not like are they the the characters the most dimension ever? Maybe not. No, but, but... they are they play, they're played by really good actors. Uh that one flashback that the Asian woman has yeah, that... to her childhood when like everything is destroyed and she's in this desolated city yeah. is really gripping and I, I watched that scene again today and it's still really oh. an awesome scene. Yeah, well that's that's Guillermo del Toro for you. He really finds the emotional impact of something and emphasizes that on top of the world that he's built. And for God's sake, we got a sequel to Cloverfield and we're not getting a sequel to Pacific Rim. What it's, is going on? It's 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 a uh, I've read off and on about the troubles with that. See, that's the thing about that. See, that's the opposite side of this. We had no idea that there would be a sequel to Cloverfield. Whereas if I didn't know that there was a sequel to Pacific Rim that wasn't happening, then I wouldn't not be expecting it. If that makes sense. No, Jack, it doesn't make a lot no, of sense. The point is, well, no, what I'm trying to say is I've heard so much press about whether or not Pacific Rim two will be made that I don't know what to believe. Yeah. That's why I meant to say. I mean, again, it might be in flux. I mean, we, in, this is one of those rare cases where I have to thank China because they kind of pulled through to make that movie a real worldwide hit. Uh, Thanks, China. Yeah, for once. Um, you know, I, I get that the it's it probably takes a lot of money to make a movie like Pacific Rim, and the movie did well, but it didn't really. It, it was you know it had to perform so well. Like, unfortunately, that's the problem, is that, again, unlike with Godzilla movies, which used to be made for pennies, you have now these movies which, you know, they cost like $200 million. And it's not like Pacific Rim was a perfect movie. It had flaws. Yeah. But it was still one of the more compelling examples of the genre. Oh, yeah, and, and compared to other types of it out there, it it really made Although I don't really think there are many... Uh, comparisons you can make. No, I mean, I mean, that's what drew me to Pacific Rim because it was, it spoke to something that was really unique in my mind. I wasn't seeing I, the last giant monster film I could even think of was Cloverfield before Pacific Rim. Well, again, and also I think it was probably as much inspired by old Godzilla and Kaiju and like Rodan, other movies like that. As much as it seemed also inspired by anime, yeah, you know the fact that you make giant robots to fight giant monsters—that <laughs> seems like something that if I flipped to some random anime series on Netflix, I would find that. Yeah, and if you want to see if you want to see gi giant robots fighting, sure, go to anime. You'll be able to find at least twenty dozen that, that you'll be I able think to that go was, along with. I think that was a unique example too, because you have someone like Guillermo del Toro who is so. He's as passionate about making a movie like Pacific Rim as he is about some doing like something like Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. And clearly Pan's Labyrinth was probably more personal for him, but but probably Pacific Rim was too because that was him really digging back into his his years as a kid watching Saturday morning afternoon serials with these monster movies. And one of the bits of advice he gave his artist when designing Pacific Rim, when he said, all right, when you're designing the monsters, I don't want you to make references. I don't want you to draw something that looks like Godzilla or is supposed to be inspired by Godzilla or, or Rodan. But, and he said, but when you do make this, I want you to imagine how a man in a suit would fit into this. Hmm. Design it as if it kind of was a suit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Which is actually kind of genius when you yeah. get right down to it. See, We're not going to make them men in suits, but still, go for that look. See, the, uh, the other thing, too, is that he just he filled the movie with these little moments of just, like, where you can get giddy. Yes. Which was missing from like, Godzilla. The moment where, like, the one monster suddenly reveals it has giant wings. Yeah. And it or, flaps up. Or even before that shot where where Gypsy Danger is carrying that big ship. To, to to beat the monster to sure. death with like with a ba with a baseball bat. Yeah. See, we could talk about Pacific Rim. We'd be like, oh, remember that scene with the ship? Oh, remember the scene where uh they Kevin Vine and the one with the three arms? <laughs> yeah, you can't do that about the recent guy. And it's and again, it's because you don't see a lot of films like this. No. I got really excited about Pacific Rim because I knew there was no other film 
that was like that. I mean, we get a lot of blockbusters, and we get a lot of movies that have a lot of action and a lot of visual effects, of course. We get those, you know, literally every other month now. Uh, but something about that was geared especially to a particular that particular kind of movie. I mean... I mean, I'm trying to think of other movies quite like that. I mean, it was geared to a different niche, to a, to more of a niche, really. Yeah, yeah. Very. It was funny fans that, of giant monsters and giant robots. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why I'm surprised it even made as much money as it did. They well, made a well big another reason, on it. another real reason that it didn't succeed is because of Adam Sandler. <sighs> Sandler. I know. Yeah, man. Uh, man, poor Guillermo del Toro. It's like he. He puts out Pacific Rim the same weekend as a abhorrent Adam Sandler comedy. And then before that, he puts out Hellboy 2 a week before The Dark Knight. Oh, uh, and I might even like Hellboy 2 more than Dark Knight. Uh, that's blasphemy. But the point is, um, I yeah, I'm trying to think of another giant monster movie, aside from me trying to bring up dinosaurs, which I know you say they don't count. They but, don't count. I don't know. Corey, do you think Jurassic Park movies count as kaiju, as giant monster movies? I know Corey no. can't hear us. She's in the other room, but... No, I don't, because to me, monster movies involve fantastical creatures. Okay, what she's monsters, saying is... she says, have to be more fantastical than just, like, a mm. dinosaur. But doesn't the whole... <laughs> as but, if, like, a dinosaur was the most yeah, common Yeah, I mean, thing. but doesn't... I get what you're saying, though, but Corey. You could think, but you could say that the concept of bringing dinosaurs back into existence through like technology or DNA or something is kind of fantastical. It, it, look, you're right. But I mean, I, maybe I'm splitting hairs here, Maybe, but it's just, it doesn't feel the put same it this way. way. I feel like his Spielberg's approach in those movies was kind of like a monster movie. Like even, you know, the seagull was called the, Lo- the lost world and wow. has seen where a T-Rex, you know, tramples over uh, San Diego. Yeah. All right, maybe... Uh... Well, let's take a moment. I mean, we talked a little bit about it in our review, but let's let's get deeper into Cloverfield. Well, I mean, you can... I, again, it's been... I saw the movie once, you know, when it came out eight years ago, so my memory of it is not perfect. Okay, well, I don't want to go into, like, the plot synopsis or what the film is about, but, I mean, I obviously like this film. You don't like it as much as I do. I so would, you know, let's let me, talk let me, about... Let me just put to rest what I feel okay. about it for certain. That's what I want to do. I want you to clarify your as, feelings about Cloverfield. Because I thought I maybe have before, but I'll say it a little bit more clearly on air. All right. Maybe because I typed it out and I didn't really speak it yet. It, as like a roller coaster ride of a movie, as, as, as that kind of experience where you're taken from one spot to another and you're going like... Wah, wah, wah. I'm never doing a loop deal. It's a lot of fun. As a film with a concrete story and characters, it wasn't as good. Okay. Now, let's focus on the characters right now. All right. Now, I'm not going to ask you too many specifics. All right. Give me a general sense of what your problem with the characters is. The way that the... The fact that this male... I think the main male character is going all the way across town to try get to his girlfriend who he's not even totally sure is alive or not and that and he keeps har- the way that he harps on it just was a little bit obnoxious uh it just i, I it, it didn't really I, I don't know maybe maybe it was maybe as the thing was maybe as i watched it it was okay but then as soon as the movie was over and i thought about it it wasn't quite as as compelling a reason to go all the way across town like that. I mean, I know there needed to be a reason to go from point A to point B to point C, but I, I don't know. Um, again, okay. now there are moments where the characters get in peril and I am worried for them, like the scene where they go underground and they yeah. face off against the giant, against those spiders. That was the most exciting moment of the movie for me. Yeah. Because that was totally unexpected. I was like, wow, this is just, different yeah, that was, that it was, was scary intense. because it's in the dark yeah you know whereas i don't know there was just something about at first it was exciting but then the long by the by the end of it I, maybe i was just a little sick from watching it okay i don't know did i give a compelling enough reason i i think i understand you, 
it, correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. But you didn't necessarily get you didn't necessarily believe that sort of investment in you didn't really believe the motivation. No, it, it's just it throws you right into it. You get a little backstory, I think like you get a little bit of character development in the first like 10 minutes and then like the then everything goes into chaos and then they're out in the street and then there's the monster and all that. So it, it didn't really give me enough with the characters ahead of time. It just seemed a little bit more like generic tropes than uh, something that I could have invested myself more in. Okay. And uh, you also mentioned the story or the, the script or, or no. the, like the plot? Uh, well, I mean, I don't really even know there was much plot. Again, that's why I said it, it's kind of like a roller coaster ride where you're going from one, one thing to another and getting all these jolts of excitement. I just I didn't really see if there were if there was a story there wasn't a lot of meat on the bones which maybe is part of the idea it's more of like a huge crowd pleasing uh, experience than something where I am really worried about what's going to happen to these characters. Okay, I'm not going to push you on it because again you've been you haven't seen it in a long time. I mean, and, I can pull up my old review of it and see what I said then. Yeah, but then again, that that review is eight years old, so That's you know we're not going to go crazy about it. But I, I I kind of understand where you're coming from now. Yeah. Uh, if you invested, if you found, if you got invested in the story, that's fine. I, yeah. I can't really argue with it. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's unarguable. But I think <laughs> I I understand a bit more of what what you think about the film. I uh, just for the record, again. I enjoy, really enjoy the film. I guess again, maybe because there just hasn't been a, a, a major is, giant monster film. You know, in a what long I think time. is in that movie that I didn't realize because I was listening to some other review of Ten Cloverfield Lane, and they were talking about Cloverfield. This actor T.J. Miller is in the movie. He's the guy who plays uh, Deadpool's friend. Oh in Deadpool, yeah. Is he making? Does he make a lot of wisecracks throughout Cloverfield? I guess he's the he's the one holding the camera. Oh, maybe that's him? Yeah. Okay. They have similar hair and... Uh, yeah. And I th yeah, those are the same men. Yeah, because it's not the guy behind the camera who's on this mission to get back to his girl. No. The guy holding the camera is the one... Is the friend more... of the man going to get, it, right. get his girlfriend. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. Actually, that's pretty cool. I was yeah. wondering if anybody from Cloverfield had done anything else. Yeah, well, there's also... the There's an actress in the movie... I don't know if it's the girlfriend or someone else. She's this actress named Lizzie Kaplan. Oh, she played another friend. Okay, she's the one. You know who, who I'm talking she's about. She's the one right? who. All right. Is there <laughs> anything that you want to say about Cloverfield? I, I'm, because you're asking me about this. I, I'm just going to say I'm going to watch it again soon because okay. I, I, again, I think I I did respond to that idea of the roller coaster ride. And, and yeah. I really did. And I really did get into the point of view. Well, one of the things that I love about Cloverfield that. I mean, people talk about, well, found footage movies, and they have a bad rap now, which is well-deserved. Uh, but I think it works to this film's advantage, mm -hmm. because, I mean, early on in the film, like, as the film starts, it has this thing of, like, declassified information oh, yeah, yeah, from from uh, Incident Cloverfield and everything. And it, it gives me this this emotional feeling of, I can pretend that this is a real classified document. Mm -hmm. And I just like go into my imagination, and I'm like, "Yeah, let's go for it." And then all this, and I think that sets me up to pretty much believe anything that's on screen. Mm. <laughs> and uh, and I do love that credits uh, p music that uh, Michael Giacchino composed. Oh yeah, I haven't heard that in a while. Yeah, it's pretty nice. I like it. Yeah, I mean, it may be a part of it too. Was have you seen it since you saw it in the theater? Yeah, I've, oh. quite a few times. Oh, okay. I, ha I have because I know that you told because I know that you've told me that when sometimes when you watch a movie in the theater, the experience of just kind of seeing it in that setting sometimes colors your judgment. Yeah, that that I I am kind of taken in by the spectacle of seeing a movie in theater, which is kind of why I thought that Gem and Holograms was in a total disaster. <laughs> uh, but. <laughs> But I've seen Cloverfield several times after that, and I, I, it still holds up to me. Again, it's not... It, it, maybe it's more... Uh, I don't think we're going to get anywhere by explaining it. No. Ultimately, it's just opinion right now. No. I but, mean, you know... It was, a, it, was a, it, was an, it was a different take on that type of movie. I just... I, I mean, I, I, it's funny that you're bringing all this up, because I remember 
I, I tried to write an article for a magazine. It didn't get published, uh, but it was, and I wrote it, I think in like 2008, not, not too soon after Cloverfield came out where I looked at up till then, a kind of brief history of found footage horror movies. Hmm. And this is before, cause in the past like eight years, we've been, there've been so many more that have come out and yeah. they've been bull crap, like devils do. And, uh, uh, the de- or the devil inside, or I don't Power, know how many uh, of these. Paranormal activity, the ghost dimension. Yeah, or what? Or the, or the recently the gallows, which oh, I don't even want. I I haven't even seen it, and I don't want to watch it. You could at least say that Cloverfield stands on its own for its premise. It, you know, because when but the thing was when I was writing that article, I was kind of looking at okay, when you are making a foot movie like this, when you know it's not being. When the in the context of the movie, what you're seeing hasn't been edited. What you're seeing is kind of you know again, even though it's from a screenwriter, it's supposed to represent some kind of reality. Yeah. And I think again, like watching it without repeating myself too much, the when I talk about tropes of the characters and the difference between something like this that the first Cloverfield and Ten Cloverfield Lane, I saw more depth in the latter example than the former. Okay. I didn't really find, like, they they were kind of like, they'd be characters in a conventional horror movie, which is okay, but, you know, it's just, okay, you're, uh, there's characters, I'm, I'm with them. Now, again, it's, depending on how much you really get rocked by this experience, uh, you know, it might bother you more. I mean, I've, I've, I've heard other reviewers say that, you know, Cloverfield is really, really great because it almost taps into your nightmares. Yeah. Which maybe it does. Anything else we want to say about monster movies? Because I, I think we could kind of wrap this up soon. Look, I just hope that we see more. Hmm. I mean, they have. I mean, Cloverfield has flaws. Pacific Rim has flaws. Godzilla, t- 2014, has a lot of flaws. Has a lot of flaws, but it was moving in a kind of sk- in schizophrenic direction. It, I would say it's not an absolute. T- I would say it's an admirable. I'm not even gonna say it's an admirable failure. Nah. <laughs> it's I give it an admirable thumbs down. Is I don't think I, I don't think I would be that generous, but I did like well because as well, I, mostly for Brian Cranston because he was awesome in the movie. Yeah. If but, the movie had had him all the way through it, if he hadn't died, I might have cut the film a little bit more slack. Yeah. Like, and there was no reason to kill him. No. He was so much fun in that role where he's like, "You're hiding something from me, yeah. and I want to know." It's yeah. like. No, and then he's dead. It's like, uh, I, it's like I could kind of see the movie falling off a cliff right there. Yeah, being like, I regret nothing, except everything um, is to be regretted. I have one but, more example of a monster movie I wanted to bring up. I don't know if this counts. Uh, Starship Troopers. No. Okay. They're not big enough. No. All right. That's 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 just like an action film with like with space aliens. Yeah. No. no that. That's I hope true. we see a remake of Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman, starring actually, Miley Cyrus. Actually, now that I think about it, there have been remakes of Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman. I'm sure there have, and uh, I don't think any of them had any meaningful significance. But uh, yeah, you know. All right. If you've uh, if you have any thoughts about wait the, a minute, I got a better idea. I'm sorry. Listen, I like I like Godzilla films. I like giant monster movies. I like some. Of them. I would like you, the listener, to write in. What is our email address, Jack? Wagesofcinema at gmail.com. Write in to us. Tell us the ones we've missed. We've heard the Gamera Millennium Collection. That is is one that I've heard is good. I've seen parts of it that look good. I gotta see those. But what else is there that we haven't even mentioned? What else is there that we have mentioned that you know we just have we haven't looked at well enough at? Now Now, I want you to tell me these ideas. Tell me these films. And I'm the big fan. I'll watch whatever you tell me to watch. Right on. Now I should mention to you, there were even more examples that I didn't uh, that I didn't bring up. Uh, okay. Just because you know we only have so much time. Uh, I mean, I could even show them after we uh, get off mic. But uh, um, after we get off mic, he's not he, he's not looking very good, Mike. No, Mike is looking bad. But um. But no, if you, but uh, yeah, what Andrew said, if you have any suggestions, please email them or send us a message on Facebook. We're at the Wages of Cinema Podcast. And we're also on Twitter at 
Wages of Cinema. Just look for us there. We also start an Instagram account, uh, so check out that for some fun pictures that we post. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think that we, I think we exhausted this topic a little bit, but I think we got a lot out of it. You know what? I I hope to. Uh, I to... wish that we had another person on even tonight to talk about this because you're so you have such enthusiasm for these kind of movies. But you know what? I'll watch more monster movies. You have a big Godzilla gap. Yeah, I know. So maybe maybe you don't have to fill it with Godzilla. Why don't you watch Gamera movies? Yeah. yeah I'll watch some Gamera. I have not properly seen a Gamera film. Mystery Science Theater does not count. So it wouldn't count if I watched some of those. Meh. <laughs> Go ahead. Have a have a have a good laugh. I can't watch God like Gamera doing like his little like somersaulting on like a pole. Or something. Go ahead, if that makes you happy. That's funny, because, as an aside, when we uh, when we did our Mystery Science Theater episode, for the little yeah, icon, I used to put the picture of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe I'll watch a few more movies. Again, I could watch those Gamma movies or the late 90s Godzillas that were recommended. I was recommended a number of movies by the original Gojira director, uh, Honda. Um, you know, I, I think... Uh, Someone even brought up the Tingler, but that doesn't count. That's not a giant monster. No. We're... Although the Tingler is actually a pretty interesting movie to start out with. I mean, William Castle. Yeah. I mean, whether you love him or hate him. I've seen, the th- I think a problem, too, I've, I've seen a number, I've also seen a few giant monster movies from Roger Corman. They're not very good, like Attack of the Crab Monsters. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the costumes for that are so good. Uh, it's again. It's like the scene in on that episode of Doug where he keeps his eyes closed through the moment of the monster on screen, and then he finally goes back and opens his eyes, and it's like, oh wait, the monster has a zipper. <laughs> yeah, I've gone through so much tension. Um, and uh... all right, so those are the giant monster films. You know what to do, ladies and gentlemen. So on behalf of the Wages of Cinema, I'm Andrew. I am Jack. And remember, did you know that Gamera is a friend to children? Okay.